0: Amen. You can be seated. Pastor Joyce, if you would hand me uh, my, bi- my binder there. Thank you. Well, we had an incredible time uh, last weekend. Uh, we, along with Miss Jenny, took our teenagers to Ford Conference. And it was pretty neat because we were able to tune in live with, uh, right here at GPT. So we were driving down the road in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, The Wi-Fi was going in and out, so we were catching bits and pieces, but we uh, were right here praying with you, worshiping with you. It was awesome. And I heard uh, Brianna did an awesome job as she uh, presented the word and shared it with you. So uh, this morning, I just want to again say thank you for all of you who gave in and invested into our youth. They had uh, a life-changing encounter. 13,000 youth from all over the country gathered together uh, to worship God, encounter His presence, and uh, you can say we all left changed and we all left refreshed. You know, as a, as a pastor and preaching every Sunday and going before God and, and seeking and just planning services and things, I can tell you it's so refreshing when you can go to a church or to a service. You don't have to think about the service. You can just be in God's presence. So for me, it, just as your pastor, it was uh, refreshing uh, just to receive. And uh, there was a word, Uh, that Pastor uh, Jensen Franklin shared uh, as we uh, were at Free Chapel that morning uh, in in his church before we left and and headed back to Kentucky that really challenged me and really uh, encouraged me. And as God was dealing with me, I felt the Holy Spirit say to share it with you. And so this week I've been uh, just praying and studying and going before God. And so I want to bring some things out Uh, that I believe are going to encourage you this morning. They're going to speak life into your situations. And all that, uh, as Bree said, uh, the struggle is real. Anybody? We got struggle in here. And, And life is struggle, but as the scriptures say, take heart, for He has overcome the world. So we have hope. Every time we step into the church, every time we wake up every morning, we know we have hope because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and because of the price that He paid and the life that He gave us. I'm going to take a drink real quick. Awesome, well, if you have your Bibles, uh, if you would open with me uh, to the book of, of Zechariah, the Old Testament book of uh, Zechariah, and it's 1, uh, 17 through 21, and if you want to cheat, you can look up on the screens, uh, the scripture will be there for you as well. But I want to, I want to read this to you and just want to uh, share uh, God's word through it and encourage you this morning. It says, again, proclaiming, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, My cities shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. I'm going to pause there as you go and you read and you study the prophet Zechariah. God used Zechariah to build, to rebuild uh, the city of Jerusalem along with with Haggai and and all these Old Testament prophets. He used these men of God and these, uh, these remnant of people uh, to put their call on their life, to go and to rebuild. So Zechariah's part in, in one of these prophets he used to build. And so he said, my city, my city shall pr- spread out through prosperity. You know, when we see those words, when you look at prosperity and look it up and you get into the, the depth of what it means, it simply means moving forward. He wants to move you forward. And that's good to know as believers that God wants to move us forward in life, which was awesome because the name of the conference we took our teenagers to was Forward Conference, that we're not called just to stay right here and stay and, and just be content and just check in Sunday mornings and then check out and then check back in Sunday mornings for church. But Christianity is a lifestyle. It changes everything about us, how we raise our families, how we love our spouses, how we raise kids. Christianity, following Christ, should bleed into every part of your life. And that's my heart, I know it's the heart of so many here, is we want to be authentic followers of Jesus. Am I talking to the right people this morning? We want to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. And so look at the vision, as Zachariah is building, God shares a vision with him because opposition starts to come. How many of you know, anytime you start doing something for God or you start building for God, the devil is right there to bring opposition but as we said this morning, we're going to say not today. That when we wake up, that's our confession. The enemy's not going to have his way today, tomorrow, or next week. Not today, not today that's right. You can shout that anytime you want. <laughs> so look at the vision God gives Zachariah. He says, Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? So Zachariah's is asking, What are these horns that I'm seeing? So he answered me, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen, or if you read in uh, the King King James Version, carpenters, showed me four carpenters. And I said, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scatter Judah so that no one could lift up his head. So these oppressive horns, or as you go and you study what horns mean, it means powers. So these oppressive powers are coming to lower the heads of God's people. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a place where you're walking in faith and you can feel the enemy just wanting to lower your head and keep you out of the promises of God and keep you bound and keep you down? So this vision he's seeing is, is these... Four horns or these four spirits are coming to lower the head of Zechariah and of God's people. But he says there's four craftsmen or there's four carpenters that are coming. And they're coming to terrify them to cast out the horns of the nation that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. So this morning I want to talk to you about the spirit of the carpenter. And how many of you know you can pick up what Zachariah is talking about. Who's the carpenter we know in the New Testament? That's Jesus Christ. That the spirit of the carpenter is here. When you feel oppressed, when you feel the enemy coming in like a flood, what does scripture say? The spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. So the spirit of the carpenter is here this morning to lift up your head, to build your life. What does a carpenter do? You walk in, If you've walked into church the past couple months, you'll see the hand of, of a carpenter and what it can do and how it can change something. And we're so blessed to have a beautiful, fresh, updated, timeless-looking church. Aren't you thankful for how beautiful our church is and our place of worship? It's awesome of how God's blessing it. But I love it how Jesus, his trade when he was growing up under his father Joseph was being a carpenter. And I think it's so prophetic of who Jesus would be and how he builds our lives. And how the spirit of the carpenter is there for you and the spirit of the carpenter is working on your behalf to build your life. I love what Joshua eight says. And I've preached on this before. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from before your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So what's Joshua saying there? When you keep God's First, God's going to prosper you and give you good success. Those are Bible words and that's scripture. God wants a generation to know, God wants you and I to know that he wants you to have good success. That whatever you put your hand to, God wants to give you good success in. And the enemy knows all the potential that's there inside of you. And if he can come in and rob it and take it away from you, and he can rob the success, he can rob the plans and the purpose, the call of God that he's put in your life. But it's the spirit of the carpenter that comes, that's working for you and I, that lifts our head when, when the enemy wants to keep our head down and keep us out and, and keep us, think about it, when you walk with your head down, you're, you don't have self-esteem, you're lacking confidence, you feel like a failure. But the spirit of the carpenter says to you this morning, if you've been a place in your life or if you're in a place now, he wants to lift your head. He wants to lift your head. No more shame, no more guilt, no more condemnation. Your past is your past. The spirit of God gives you confidence and he moves you forward and he lifts your head. And that's the spirit of the carpenter that is with us this morning. You know, the thing I've come to find is the biggest battle when it comes to living out our plan, God's plan for our lives is the battle that's right between our two ears. If he can get our thinking, if he can get us going in a different direction or doubting the promises of God. You know, if we really believed the promises of God, everything would look different. But for some reason, the devil wants to get us to doubt the nature of who God is. He wants to get us, our thinking all screwed up and get us going in a wrong direction. But if we take the authority and allow the spirit of the carpenter to come to build our thinking, you watch the path that gets laid before you. And you watch as you trust the Holy Spirit as you wake up every morning and trust God. And so as we were at the conference, he brought out four things, these four horns, these four spirits that want to try to keep us bound and keep us down. And these are four things that I want us to come up against this morning because I believe it's a word for our church, even as we grow, as we move forward, that we would always be an empty vessel that we would always walk in a spirit of humility and that we would know our enemy and know how to take authority, that the devil, not today, because the devil hates things that are moving forward. He does not want you to move forward. That should be established and we should know that. And so when you wake up and just feel frustrated or feel a rub or just see tension in different areas of your life, The devil knows how to strategically come in. What did he do in the garden? He twisted the word of God. He'll always twist the word of God to try to get you to doubt him and to bring confusion into your life. And so these four things I want to share and I believe we're going to come up against and these things are going to break off of your life and you're going to be able to lift your head because you're going to get revelation of how the enemy works. Number one, if you're taking notes, is the spirit of lack. The spirit of lack. The enemy wants to keep you bound in lack. What what does the spirit of lack says? It says, "I don't have enough money." You ever been there? You want to do something? You're believing God for all the dreams, the things He's put in your heart, and you say, "I don't have enough money." We all do it. We all say it. Or how about, "I, I, I can't afford that. I, I can't afford college. I can't afford to go that way." Or I can't. We we say these things all the time. We allow money to dictate what we can't and can do in life. And it does, in a sense. Money gives us access and, and takes us into things. But we have to remember the God factor that's in our life. I don't care if it's finances or if it's a relationship. When God gives us a promise, he, we enter into an inheritance. But how do we possess it, as I was sharing? We possess it through obedience. And when you're obedient to God's word, and you keep your nose in the book, is is Joshua said, he will prosper you and give you good success. The spirit of lack also says, I want to take your confidence and I want to take your self-esteem. I don't know about you, but I've been there where I didn't feel I was good enough. Or uh, the devil would whisper, you're, you're too young, you can't do that. You don't know what you're talking about. The devil will come and whisper and Bring lack into your life, steal your confidence, steal your self esteem. But that's what we have to remember. We're created in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. And that's what I love the spirit of the carpenter. He comes and he looks at the lack that's in our life. He lifts our head and he reminds us that he is building our life when we trust him and keep him first and stay humble in the process. As we have been saying through this process of struggle, when a righteous man falls down, he gets up again. So we have the spirit of lack. Number two is the spirit of limitation. Limitation says, and we've all been at this place too, things exist but not for me. Oh, God can do that in, in Pastor Garrett's life, but he can't do that in mine. Or I see how God is has brought blessing into that person's life, but man, he, God isn't going to do that for me. You ever catch yourself in that wedge where you start comparing or start looking at someone else's journey or process and you just start saying, well, God is always blessing them or God's always using them, but where's he at in my life? You know, I can remember when uh, I first got married and, and uh, we were believing God to be able uh, to get a condo. And we were trusting God, okay, God, where do you want us to live? You know, the, the process of being a newlywed of, uh, and the journey that, that starts there. And uh, as we're on this journey of believing God for the finances and being in the right place to live, because it's important where you live. It's important uh, the home that God puts you in. And so uh, as we're believing, I can remember uh, after the first few weeks we got married, I get a call from my brother Clay and says, hey, I have an opportunity for you. And the thing is, God will usually present opportunity as a way to get you up out of something. And usually it's, it's spelled J-O-B. That's how I've come to find. And so I'm here at the church. I am in God. I'm, I'm serving Pastor Joyce and, and serving all of you and loving you. And, but I had some, some time allowed to, to do some side, side things. And so Clay calls me and says, hey, there's an opportunity for you to, to buy uh, motorcycles for this. Uh, this company in in Georgia. And I said, okay, well, tell me a little bit bit about it because I know absolutely nothing about motorcycles. Uh, And so Clay would kind of tell me a little bit about it. And I said, okay, I think I I, I know enough, but I don't feel confident enough to go out and test ride a motorcycle, know what to look for, look at the title and all the details of it. But you know what? It sounds like good money and I'm just going to trust God. You ever been in that place before where you might not know what you're talking about, but it's good money and you're just going to trust God? And so I can remember uh, going out uh, and, and buying this first bike. It was a Harley Sportster, and I barely knew anything about Harley at the time. And, and so I meet this guy, and we start talking, and I'm just, you know, you kind of kick the tires, make sure it's good, act like you know what you're doing. Clay, give me a couple bullet points to make me sound like I knew I was, I think I was on the phone with him. I'd, I'd say, hey, give me a second, let me look over some things. I said, well, all right, Clay, this is what is it? and start talking through it come back, be all confident. Okay, yeah, this, this is the price we can do for it and things. And so the whole time I was, I was fighting this thing within me that, Garrett, you can't do this. You don't know what you're talking about. You can't make the deal. You're going to screw something up. Do you ever feel when you step into uh, an opportunity God has given you? For me, the, the enemy will come and say, you're going to screw this up. You ever been in that place when you feel God has opened a door for you and then you step into it, and then the enemy starts trying to get you to doubt the door you just walked through. And so, so by the blessing of God, I think I had to call my dad and say, Dad, help me strap this bike down because I was having a, a trouble with that. So he came to the rescue. Uh, but what started to happen is I just began to do one bike after another and, and started to learn how all the process works. Pretty soon, I started getting out of Boone County. I said, okay, I think I'm going to drive to Louisville or to Lexington. Or let's go a little further. Hey, I think I'm actually going to get a trailer, and let's go get three bikes at once instead of just one. And so through the process of understanding and learning and not allowing lack to tell me I can't do it and not keeping uh, limitations saying that, you know, you've got to stay limited, you don't know anything about that, so you can't dabble in that, I started to get confidence in what I was doing. And that's the amazing thing. If you can push past that spirit of limitation you'll start to see the supernatural hand of God and whatever he's put you in, break the limitations off of your life. Pretty soon, I was buying Hayabusa stuff that Mike Botts could ride and ride it well. He's got some stories of some motorcycles back there. (laughs) Oh, you wrote it, okay. We got any bike guys in the house? You love motorcycles? Yeah, okay. And so breaking the spirit of limitation off your life Not allowing the enemy to say things exist but not for you. I remember Pastor Joyce would always say, my grandpa Chester would say, well, if he puts his pants on a certain way and he's the CEO of a company, he still puts his pants on like everybody else. There was this book that uh, I was reading through and it said it, Uh, The book is um, about training like a Navy SEAL. It broke down the training that Navy SEALs have to go through. And it was the SEAL that was sharing his uh, experience. And he said, if you want to be pushed to your limits, you have to train to your limits. If you want to be pushed to your limits, you have to train to your limits. When you think you're done, here's what he said, when you think you're done or you've reached your capacity or feel you've been pushed as far as you could go, you're only at 40% of what your body can actually do. Isn't that something? When we feel we've hit the end or we, our body's so sore, we feel we've pushed as much as we can, our body is only at a 40% mark than, than what we can actually do. And so when we feel that we've hit the ceiling that we've put over ourselves, because God hasn't put a ceiling over our lives, that's the limitation we've accepted. We put that ceiling over our lives. But when we understand, when we might be sore, we might feel that we've given all that we can give, Always give more, because it's usually in that place when you give more is when you're out of your comfort zone, you're trusting God, and you see God's supernatural hand. Remember, we talk about the theanthropic, where it's the divine and the human coming together, and that's what makes the church. That's who Jesus was. He brought the two together. And when you have the spirit of the carpenter in your life, the two come together, and you see God move on your behalf, and you take hold of it through obedience. You received the spirit of the carpenter this morning in your life? Man, I love it. It's a simple scripture. We all say it, Philippians 3.13, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That when we feel we've pushed, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, I even think about limitation. We, me and uh, my dad and Clay, we went and uh, we played uh, some golf yesterday we played a round of 18 holes and for me I've been kind of in and out of golf so if you if you know anything about golf when you aren't consistent with it you go golfing you don't go play to golf you just go golfing which means I'm just going to have a good time and see what happens and so you know through this whole process my dad he's like a coach out there and he said okay you need to do this in your form and this and that and shoulders and this and 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 all these kind of things of how to get the right golf swing to make the ball go where you want it to go. And as it was out there, God just started kind of showing me this, is that when you're in life or you're in something that you feel that you can't accomplish on your own or you feel like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what you're doing, when the spirit of the carpenter comes and and that building spirit comes, it shows you how to get the mechanisms and the swing and everything you need in order to do what's right. Because I could easily say, I'm done with this. I've tried golf for three, four years now. I, golf is not for me. But there's something within me that wants to get the swing so that I can finally get a better scorecard than my dad one of these days. Well, we it probably won't. <laughs> I don't think so, Woody. <laughs> but the spirit of the carpenter, right? <laughs> and so what I'm trying to say, wherever you feel that you don't feel you comfortable in or you feel that you've pushed all you can do or you've believed God time after time for your marriage to heal or for your kids to come to Christ. You have to keep believing and you can't let your faith get on empty because faith is the key to all of this. And faith is what activates in your life. The third one, and if you're taking notes, write this down, is the spirit of hindrance. Anybody ever experienced hindrance in your life? When you look at uh, Scripture, Paul even says he experienced hindrance. In 1 Thessalonians 2.18, Paul is on a missionary journey, and he's advancing the gospel, and he's experienced persecution. He's going into tough areas that don't want to hear what he's trying to preach. And look what Paul says. He says, Therefore, we wanted you to come, even I, Paul, time and again. But look at this. But Satan hindered us. So he's experiencing demonic oppression, And I can tell you he's saying devil not today when he's experiencing that hindrance. But you have to know, again, that there's a devil who wants to hinder godly success in your life. That wants to keep the lid, the ceiling over you. Who doesn't want you to get up out of your pit. Who wants to keep you down and bound and in shackles. And that's where I want to encourage you. As we move forward as a church, as you move forward in your life, you have to know that the spirit of the carpenter is right there to take you and to build you and to guide you. The presence of God is in your life. When you leave here, you are a, I love this, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, the temple in the Old Testament, if, if you were a townsperson and you would walk by and you would walk by the temple where they would praise what you would notice in that time, you would see a smoke coming out of that temple. And what that smoke represented was the Holy Spirit. And so as you're walking and as you're, in your, uh, as you're in your jobs and as you're in school and you're doing life, whatever life looks like for you, there should be a presence coming up off of your life because the spirit of the carpenter is at work in you. Isn't that good? So there's a hindering spirit. And I want to kind of illustrate this and this was an illustration they used and I thought it was so good that you need to see it. Uh, so Colin, if you come up here, these, the crook boys are going to help me out, out with it. We can just go right here. Oh, we right here. So kind of what that spirit of, of hindrance looks like, you feel that you're trying to go forward and you're taking steps but that, that hindrance is right there and you feel you just can't get past. You ever been at that place when you're trying to take a step forward and hindrance is right there? And I want to give you the Fourth point, usually when you're hindering and you feel that the enemy's against you, as you're going forward, guess what comes right, right behind you is, and this is point four, is a devouring spirit. And that devouring spirit, your past, failure. So as you're going forward, then that, de- that devouring spirit starts coming closer and you find yourself in this pit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how did, how did I, this happen? Yeah. You can't go forward. You can't, he's coming back and trying to bring your past on you, trying to keep shame. And guilt and condemnation, failure, so that you can't go forward in life. You see how both those spirits work together. Give these guys a hand. Watch out for the crook boys. You know, as you would read in, in, in the ancient church, what they would say when you experience the hindering spirit, as you go and you study, they would say, well, you need to enact James 4.7. That's what the priest or the pastor would tell the person when they would experience that hindering spirit of the devil's presence. They would say, you need to act in Act James 4, 7, which says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So when you feel you're in that struggle, you enact this word in your life and this promise that I'm going to put up a resistance, and the devil's going to flee from me. Because there's always going to be temptation. There's always going to be, the devil is always going to be at work. But that's why he... We put on our armor, right? We gear up every day because we know we're not on vacation, but we are in the battle for our life. The devil wants to take this church down. He wants to take your life down. He wants to take you down mentally, physically, socially, and financially. Some of you have been in tough places. There might be some of you who have experienced bankruptcy in your life or you've experienced a broken marriage or you've experienced bad relationships, someone that you trusted so much that stabbed you in the back and you were just completely caught by surprise, you've experienced tough seasons. It's a part of life. But that's where we have to know. And when we experience tough seasons, what happens? Our head begins to go down. As Zachariah. As God was trying to encourage Zachariah that you might feel as you're building, your head's going down because of the hindrance, the limitation, the lack, the things that... We're trying to oppose him. But that's where the spirit of the carpenter came in and lifted his head. And that's where the spirit of the carpenter comes this morning to lift your head. That you're not bound by that bankruptcy. You're not bound by that broken marriage. You're not bound by the things of this world. Because when the word of God comes into your life, it doesn't change you, it transforms you and it heals you. And it redeems you. And forgiveness the doors of forgiveness open up. So I want to share this with you and I want to leave this with you because I believe this is what the spirit of the carpenter says this morning. And then I want us to pray and I want to break some things off of our life. And team, if you guys come on up, do you remember when we did our Bible benefit series and we looked at the benefits that God gives us, these promises that God gives us? Psalms 103, I want to remind you. It says, he forgives your sins. The spirit of the carpenter tells you this morning that he forgives your sins. I want you to go ahead and stand with me. I want you to really receive this. I want, to, I want you to really get this in your spirit. Because as we celebrate independence, for some of you, this could be your independence. This could be your freedom. He forgives your sins. He heals Your disease. He redeems you from hell. He redeems you from the pit. Aren't you thankful that He has redeemed your life? He crowns you with love and mercy. He wraps you in goodness. And He renews your youth. Who needs a renewal of strength? You feel burnt out? He renews your life. You got to get your head up out of the pit and allow the spirit of the carpenter to lift your head this morning. It's time for you to stop believing the lies of the enemy. It's time to break off limitation, to break off lack, to say, hindering spirit, you get the heck away from me. Devouring spirit, you are null and void and canceled off of my life. Because God's got purpose and destiny and calling. And if we got a hold of that, if we truly understood that we are all that he says we are, there is no stopping There is no hell. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you receive that, that the gates of hell is not going to prevail against your life? Here in a minute, we're going to sing that part that chains are broken, scales are on the floor, truth is spoken. Have you heard the truth this morning? And it says that you're no orphan anymore. You know that part of the line when The devil can get your ear and get you isolated. He wants to make you an orphan and say that nobody else is going through that. You got to deal with this on your own. He wants to isolate you and get you out of the fold. But what do we know about Jesus? He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one because that's how much he loves you. And that's how much he cares for you because he is full of grace and he is full of mercy this morning. And if you can let down the walls, if you can humble yourself, because the way to receive all this As we read in our communion, it's through repentance. When we realize the gravity and the weight of the gospel and the goodness of God, when we bow low before God and repent and say, what that simply means is, Father, I I cleanse myself. Let me be made in your image in this moment. Let an exchange take place where he takes my sin, he takes my guilt, he takes all of these things that the devil brings and tries to push us down with. An exchange takes place when you repent and he fills you with the life of God. Aren't you thankful that the life of Jesus is in you and it's living and breathing, it's active and it's moving. It's not something that's just dead. You are alive because of the price that Jesus paid 2,000 years ago. And it's time that you start living. I'm talking to myself as when we feel so down and out and depressed and oppressed in every way, we got to turn to the one who can bring real freedom. So if you bow your heads with me, I want to pray. Then I want us to proclaim this over our lives this morning. In the name of Jesus, we tell the devil, not today. Let's say that. We tell the devil, not today. We come up against as a church, the spirit of limitation, the spirit of lack, hindrance, And we come up against a devouring spirit that wants to pull us away and isolate us. And as the devil lied to the prodigal son to get him to forgo his inheritance and look away and and ruin it, some of us might identify with that, that we've ran from God at one point in our lives, but the father is waiting to restore us and to redeem us and run to us. So Father, we thank you that every chain is broken in our lives. That Holy Spirit, you want to fill us with your presence. Baptize us right now, Father. Because God, when you break things off of our lives, you don't leave us empty. You come in like a flood and you pour your love into us. You pour the mysteries of who you are into us. God, we take your word this morning and we take our authority, and we come up against the devil. I pray for every marriage, every family, those that are struggling with addiction or those that know that are struggling with addiction. We do war against it and we say in the name of Jesus, devil, not today. We thank you that freedom, liberty is in your nature. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is There is liberty. So I speak liberty in this place, Father. That we would take your word and we would be obedient to it. That we would keep it close to our heart. That we would know your game plan, your blueprint to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So Father, as we sing this together as a church, I pray that chains start to fall. God, that we would find you as we bow low before you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We sing this in faith this morning. The chains are broken. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.